Welcome to Level 7, Episode 126, Many Heads, One Tail, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3, Episode Number 8. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Well, hello again, Agent. Yes, you. I'm talking to you that's sitting there listening to us through your listening device of choice and sitting in that place of choice where you choose to be seated or not be seated, as the case may be. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here to talk about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and an episode that pretty much writes or rewrites Marvel history for us. I don't know. And I've been joined by uh, uh, tense, anxious, excited Daniel Butcher. I'm, my foot is literally jumping up and down. I have to say, Daniel, that I actually usually do not enjoy, uh, you know, dealing with things like a slow computer or, you know, programs that shut down or apps that are having a hard time uploading things or downloading things. But this time around, as I was trying to get things going on my molasses slow computer. See, why are you stretching things out I on was this special enjoying day, my Ben, this is our special day. To and you. Why would you, why would you stretch things out and be cruel to me? <laughs> uh, mainly just to be cruel to you. you. You don't even know what today is, do you? Yes, I do. It is three years, Daniel. Three years. But three it, years of Facebook friendship. That makes it real. <laughs> yeah, it's not real until you mark that we're in a relationship, Daniel. And I don't think podcasting partner is an option on Facebook right now. And any other option my wife would take issue with. Good enough. Ben, please, let's go to the let's go to the intelligence report. What's your problem, man? I totally want to get to this mission report. I want to be there so bad. Okay, all right. Here we go. Um which one is it that I need to press? Is it the No, not that one. Ah, here we are. Here we are. This button right here. Shield intelligence report. Not a lot of news. Not a lot of news. I'll say this, something that you didn't mention. Uh, Funko is doing Daredevil Netflix series pop vinyl bobblehead figures. And so I have to decide now. I have my TV pops. I have Coulson, May, Carter, and because he appeared on the TV show, I have uh, Fury. But I do not have any of the movie characters. I, I've sectioned myself off with those four. But now there's going to be a black costume Daredevil, a red costume Daredevil, a Matt Murdock out of costume, and a Wilson Fisk fiddling with his cufflinks. I think if I was to get any of these, I might actually consider the Wilson. I have to decide. Do I go this route? It's not TV, but it's not movies. I mean, I don't have a, a Daredevil, I guess. So I might consider a Daredevil. I've got a few of the MCU-related ones. 
So, well, many, most of mine that are here are MCU related ones because I don't have like Star Wars or anything. Yeah. Well, and the other ones I have then are the, I have Rocket, Howard, and Groot. Again, just that sectioned off kind of thing. I, it's just the way I'm able to stave off my collector's mentality. <sighs> then know. they did this. I don't know. I mean, I then love Daredevil. They did this. Yeah. I'm probably going to lean toward a no, but they do look pretty cool. Even the Matt Murdock one is pretty cool. So to have Matt Murdock standing next to Phil Coulson, that might be the only way we can see it. Is through these giant headed, tiny bodied bobbleheads. But that's one item of news that I guess is a thing. I'm not sure what the release date is on these. Uh, but speaking of dates, we have another item of news. If you're paying close attention to the Agent Carter promo that they gave us, January 5th, two-hour season premiere. So there's that. I think they'll start it at 7 like they did last year for that. Uh, your time? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that it's going to be... Because they started. They did start it an hour early last year, right? Yeah. No. Okay. No, last oh. year, that was the slot anyway, was a 7 o'clock slot, wasn't it? No, we were in the 8 o'clock slot last year. Oh. Well, I mean... My 8 o'clock, you're not. Yeah, for regular people in real places in the United States, it was Wow, the, hurtful. It was Dude. the 9... Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Quit stretching this out. So that's... that's My leg is literally shaking. And then we have... You're on the mic. Uh, we have two more episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for this half of the season. Uh, they'll be airing on December 1st and December 8th. And then the thing I was looking at, which is from a website called Futon Critic, I'm not sure where they got their information from, but that's where Wikipedia is quoting from. And they say that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be back March 8th. So we've got Agent Carter in between there. And then we have, of course, this Friday, Jessica Jones. This Friday, Daniel. It's a glorious time to be a superhero fan. Not so much to be a superhero podcaster, because we still have to figure out how we're going to even approach that. Now, yeah, I, I know we're not going to be releasing any Jessica Jones episodes until after the December 8th episode of, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I can, I can tell you that much as far as our scheduling goes. Beyond that, I don't know. Anything's up in the air, but we're not going to make any decisions now. So can we finally no, go to where I want to go? There is one possibility go. that we could I go there. We could do all of the Jessica Jones stuff and then not do any of the Agent Carter until we're done with that. And then we would just bunch oh. up the Agent Carter stuff that we had missed. But that, you know, when the weekly release, that's what we usually Why do. I mean, that's what? Me? What's Why wrong? Listen to me. Daniel, is, are you okay? You okay over there? I want to talk. All right. You ready? Yeah. Uh, which one do I press? Is it this one? <laughs> Mission report. All right. Let's talk, Daniel. We're here. Let's talk. Can I say it? Can I say it? Can I say it? Say what? It's all connected. Yeah. Wow. They really did a did a job here. Remember when we used to feel stupid and we were like, yeah, and then the World Council guy. Remember that? We were like, oh, yeah, we we know it's not really him, but let's just call him World Council Guy. I don't believe that I ever once was. said I don't believe it's him. 
I, in fact, I said it's him until I'm told otherwise. In fact, that's what you said. Now it's been confirmed. Congratulations. Angie's from Hydra. No. True. It's true. I'm so excited. Everything's connected. Well, I've got a plot summary. I've got a plot summary. And this is this is going to be super simple for you, Daniel. Okay. Ready? We have three things going on. They're connected. All three of them. First, we have Fitzsimmons. They're working hard. Simmons feels bad that Fitz is working so hard. They argue because Simmons feels bad and Fitz doesn't know what to do. They kiss and then they discover something in a book. That's our that's one of our plot lines. Then we have Ward. Ward wants Van Strucker's vault. Why did they bring back Van Strucker's son for the vault? That's why they were able to discard him. He tortures some guards for just one little piece of information that he was missing. They thought he was looking for like the big information, but he gets that one nugget that he missed. He goes on a plane. Basically, he kills everyone on the on the plane. And then he finds the vault and he also finds Malik and gets a history lesson from Malik. That's our other plot line. Our third plot line, we have dual parallel plots going on. We have Coulson and Roz and they're playing head games together as she comes and visits the base. And as they are talking, Intel is coming into Coulson. Coulson finds out that she's got some secrets going on in her organization. And can he trust her when she says she doesn't know what's going on? Meanwhile, he's getting the Intel from his team on the ground. May and Lincoln are the extraction members of the team. They're going to go and they're going to get Bobby and Hunter out because Bobby and Hunter have posed as an FBI inspector and a hacker. And then you have Daisy who's giving the hacker information to Hunter and Mac who are on the Zephyr as the, the quarterbacks. They're the ones who are kind of running the show, making things go smoothly. Things don't go smoothly. But because Colson trusted Roz, Roz calls in her boy Banks and Banks gets Bobby and Hunter out of the ATCU's headquarters after fighting an inhuman uh, Iron Chef guy or whatever. I don't know. The chairman. Sure. The, the chairman. Sure. And along with that, we find out that Andrew is not in the ATCU base. We find out that uh, Malik has access to him because he is a presidential advisor and a member of the World Council. And Malik allows Ward to go talk to Andrew. And they've got plans for him. Big plans tied into all this stuff. It's all connected. Daniel, there's our plot summary. Where do you want to go from here? Because there's so much to talk about. I do not know where to start. Other than I'm making this outline and I'm just like, okay, Outline, that's easy enough because not a lot is happening, but so much is going on. So much is going on. There's history stuff. There's backstory stuff. There's character interaction stuff. So let's let's just take the big boy. What's the big boy? Our MCU has been rewritten. And and I have kind of a follow-up comment on that slash question, which is, does it matter? Because now tonight we we've got a new a new history for Hydra. I mean, the Rams' head organization is Hydra. 
They're the ones who have been sacrificing. And the entire history and goal of Hydra appears to be going back to bringing back this inhuman ruler. Um, so that's what Red Skull – was Red Skull really part of that? Or was he just building on the resources no, no, no. that the Rams had had? No, it uh, sounds like he was not though. It sounds like he went along with Hydra's uh, primary motivation that power – will be found from out of this world. But he wasn't seeking after this inhuman. Well, was Pierce looking for power outside this world? I mean, uh, he that might be Malik. That might be. But again, it's not like his goals with the tri-carriers. Oh, sorry. Ultimate Spider-Man reference. It's not like his goals with the, the helicarriers were tied to bringing uh, extraterrestrial power. I mean, he was trying to bring control through force to the world. But I mean, Hydra has many heads, right? And, and apparently so, many motivations. And Malik is the guy. He's the old school guy. Uh, here's here's kind of the way I see it. Malik is the old school. I know the history of things, you know, and, and you see this in any organization really, where you have these people who have been around for forever. They know how things work. And then you have this other group of people who've been been there for a long time. Long enough that they're not not new anymore, but they kind of have their own way of doing things. And then you have the, the, the young, young bucks like Ward. And I think Pierce is a middleman. Malik is old guard. Pierce is, you know, rose to power within the ranks, but without the actual motivation from the beginning. And then you have people like Ward who have no context, no history. But you have to at least give me this much. I will give you whatever you ask for as long as it makes sense, Daniel. Von Strucker clearly knew what the hidden agenda, 100%, yeah. agenda of Hydra was. I'm going to give you he, that much, yes. Because he has a portion of a rock. <laughs> Apparently you could chip off a corner of the monolith. <laughs> well, I wonder though, you have all those indentations and stuff in the monolith. I wonder if that is stuff that they were... They extracted. It sounds like there's lots more of these pieces out there. No, which means there's another way to get back in. That's but what I, I mean, thought. I mean, that's the first place my mind goes. It's all connected. I mean, season three is all connected. Well, and MCU's all connected. Well, and yeah. everything's connected. And I'm just, I'm still kind of just can I, processing. Yeah. Can I'm I tell processing. you a little story that they'll take, it'll take some time from you so you can you can you can process a little bit more i just read an article today it was a really really interesting article about uh basically they want to continue making star wars movies until it stops making money and the the slug line of the article was they're gonna you're never going to see you will die before they make the last star wars movie because yes yeah okay so it was an interesting article as they were talking about building the mythology of movie franchises and they're talking about Universal Monster franchise. They're talking about the DC franchise. They're talking about, you know, the Transformers thing. They're talking about Star Wars, obviously. And then they're talking about the Marvel stuff. And the thing they kept coming back to, and it was something that um, Lawrence Kasdan and um, who's the lady in charge of, of Lucasfilm right now? Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, they both said this in two different places with this interviewer. They quoted Indiana Jones where they said, we're making this up as we go along. We're, we're making I say it up that as we all go the time. Along. Yeah. Well, it's a great line from Indiana Jones. Lawrence Kasdan wrote that line. Uh, so 
him using it makes sense. Kathleen Kennedy. Really? Is, I've been stealing that line from Indiana Jones all these have, years. You have. Wow. You just That's didn't know totally it. Totally not going to give me any additional points with my wife. But, but anyway, she doesn't listen to this anyway. No, but so we're not telling her I, I, you can, that I stole it from a movie. I will tell you right now, I will never, ever reveal that secret to your wife. Thank you. I might tell your daughter, but that's just because I like to set the children against the parents. That's why I'm in children's, You're so, children's ministry. I'm just, um, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking. But Dan, I, they're, they're making this up as they go along. I mean, they are figuring this out as they go along and they have to figure out ways. How can we do new stuff and have new revelations that doesn't negate the old stuff? And I think but, they've but done a pretty TV good job. Division, our TV division just rewrote a ton of the motivation in the movies, along with connecting even more strongly to the Avengers, which there's multiple references tonight to Avengers. But um, it doesn't – but that but, doesn't but, bother me. That, but does it matter? Does it, and the reason why I'm asking, does it matter? To who? Is to the movie viewer. Nothing. Because it does I think not. we've established that the movie viewers, there's more of them than the TV viewers. It does not matter. That was actually in the article where they were talking about, you know, now it's so interconnected that you want to know how Nick Fury ended up with a helicarrier? You better watch Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No, people aren't going to watch Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to figure out that one little plot beat that doesn't need to be explained. But, but is this going to get fed into the Inhumans that there's a connection that Hydra's been fascinated with Inhumans for centuries? Or is this going to be just one more nail in the Inhumans movie coffin? Ugh. I mean, that's... No, that's a possibility. That's two directions you can go. And the other direction is you could have the, the Inhumans royal family so disconnected from these Inhumans on the ground right now. It doesn't matter. But does it matter to the movies? No. Does it enrich the movies? Maybe, depending on your opinion about the information that we actually get. But it definitely enhances the information that we're getting. Does it matter to me and you? Does it matter to our listener out there who is listening on the listening device of their choice? A listening yes, listener who we're listens? All, we're all freaking out right now. Yeah, we're all connected. We are all connected now by this freak out. But... Yeah, so I'm that's serious. my leg won't stop twitching. I'm a pacer. <laughs> I've often been told it's a sign of anxiety. I'm sitting in a chair. I can't pace. My leg is shaking. Everything on my desk is moving back and forth violently. I'm, I'm just glad your microphone is not. I it has a heavy know. base. It has a heavy it's base. Heavy. Yeah. I think that's the only thing. Computer screen bouncing. Make me a little sick. So what are you what are you anxious about? I mean, what I'm just I'm excited. I'm processing. I, I again, okay. I'm a history guy. I got a ton of new information tonight about Colson. Yes, got new information about Hydra. Yes, and it's all history related. And I'm totally just fanboying out. And and I'm, as you pointed out, the Will stuff, which we all thought was maybe plot B, is really part of plot A. <sighs> yeah. Well, okay. So I'm going to pass out. Again, this is where do we start? Let's 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 pull back a little bit here, Daniel. Let's talk about Colson. Okay. Let's talk about Colson. This Colson backstory that we get in this episode. You mean Colson is Daniel? Daniel is Colson? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. We'll get there. I'm more reminded of Colson from Shield comic number 1. 
Totally. You know, where he's just a guy who's really interested in things and is good at making connections. And so he's studying history and he's making connections and S.H.I.E.L.D. takes notice of the connections he's making. It's kind of cool. You do find it interesting. He's at least a history geek. That, you know, Phil Coulson, little Philip, who I assumed was an undergrad, got more attention for whatever he was doing with his research project as an undergraduate than, you know, Charles Xavier did over in the Foxverse when he wrote a whole thing about mutation <laughs> as a thesis. And yeah, this is just Phil maybe that. coming across something. You know, he's just making connections and trying to figure things out. And Xavier knows it all, basically. Yeah. But it's two different universes. I don't care. Good. Yeah. So we know which one's the smart one. Um, or has better search engines. <laughs> well, it's an organization devoted to S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's finding out information about S.H.I.E.L.D. Where with Xavier, I think a better a better connection would be if there was some mutant somewhere who was making mutant connections and Xavier but- goes to him. I guess you're right in the sense that when I became the world's foremost expert in Dole Whip, they knew. They knew I was coming. Because we talked on the phone. They came to recruit you for an article? No, no. They, they Well, they asked if they could use yeah. it for training purposes, which I said, yeah, go ahead. Then later they were like, hey, can we put it up on our blog? And I was like, oh, yeah. It's, it's about Dole Whip. It's a celebration of fantasticness. Agent Ricky knows what I'm talking about. And they paid you so much, right? Because they're a huge multi-million, billion-dollar organization. That I was paid handsomely in love. <laughs> anyway. Is there any finer, any finer goods that you can receive? There is not. There is not. You can't spend it, but... Doesn't yeah, but you're you're right though. He's totally the Shield One, Colson, and I think the things that we saw in Shield One weren't things that were like that contradicts who we think of as Phil. I mean, the fact that he was a history major feeds into his fascination with nostalgic historical artifacts. Yep. Um, the fact that he, when we're hearing tonight, that he prefers analog and he likes books and paper and to feel and to smell that I don't think that shocked anybody. It just re- enriched what we thought of him and built it even deeper. Um, it's so good. Okay. So there's cool. And he's in love. Yeah. There's, there's some interesting stuff going on. Let's talk about Rosalind's background for a moment. And then let's talk about Colson and Rosalind. How's I mean, the fact that Ros is in love. Well, we'll get there, but her background or that is she's blinded. I can't remember who said, but it was a couple of different people who said in, in past comments, uh, Will and Roz were connected. The NASA connection. There are people who took oh, Roslyn had worked at NASA and Will also had worked at NASA. And that connection right there, I, w- I didn't give too much stock to it. I, I thought it was a good thought, though, from our listeners. They... They were right. Now, it wasn't that she sent him over, but her work at NASA brought her to the attention of Malik, who brought her into the ATCU, that position, and put her in a place where he was able to get what he needed from her, which is inhuman test subjects and inhuman 
data and all that kind of thing. So that connection, listeners, great job. I'm just saying, and I've often have, our listeners are smarter than us. Uh, Yeah, we've got smart listeners. We've got good listeners. And without them, (laughs) well, that NASA connection wouldn't have been made beforehand. And I wouldn't have done a little, I didn't do a fist uh, fist pump, but it was a a mental fist bump. Oh, there it is. My peeps said that, man. My homies, my 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 fellow fans, they were already there. Nice and nice job to the writers there, dropping those those little connective bits, allowing the listener to to do that. So, yeah, it's cool. And so, so wanna, two things about. I mean, there's a lot to talk about here with Roz. I mean, just to build on what you were just saying, Roz doesn't know what's going on in her own house. No. I mean, no. she's been as kept out of the loop as much as anyone else. And you got to feel bad for her just because she's somebody well, who has been used to being in control and she has no control. Here's the thing, Daniel. Here's the thing. You know, there's all these things that Roz and Colson have in common. They both like books. They both like the smell of books, the touch of of books. They they both like those kind of things. They're connecting on those things. They're both spy people. They get along well. They both fell for each other. They both stopped trusting each other. They both tried to use the fact that they fell for the other one as ammunition against the other one in their head games. And they both had organizations that right under their nose was infiltrated by Hydra. So you're saying they got a lot to in common-ish? They have a lot in common. Uh, but the thing I'm mainly trying to bring up is that she has now joined Colson on that my spy organization was infiltrated by Hydra. That just makes you feel dirty. There's not a lot of people that can say that, though, Daniel. I mean, really, how you many spy organizations do you know playground? that are out there that have been infiltrated by Hydra? You mean other than everyone in the playground who can say the exact same thing? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying as far as how many organizations can say that. Shield, ATC. I'm pretty sure they probably infiltrated other intelligence organizations. I mean, yeah, yeah. But, but all of them? We'd have to ask the stash. He'd know. He would. He would. Um, also, he was infiltrated by, by Hydra. Ben? Yeah? I think Rosalind's in love. Yeah. Do you know why I have that theory? Because she said she was? Well, that and... (laughs) Please don't take it wrong when I say this. I'm going to take it wrong, Daniel. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. She says mean things. Oh. That's not what I thought you were going to say at all. I really... I feel feel like she feels betrayed. Literally trapped accused of being Hydra by the man that she loves. And as a response, she's gotten super, super defensive and says mean things. She, and I think it's because she's legitimately hurt. I she's in love. I think she has reason to be hurt. If she's innocent, there's absolutely reason for her to be hurt. Especially if she's in love. Again, but, she kind of stops being the negotiator there and she moves again stabbed in the heart mm-hmm. robot hand mm-hmm. 
But I mean, here's those the are thing. things that are really questioning his humanity and his his existence. Yeah, but she's <laughs> she's lashing out there. She's lashing out there with things she knows are going to hurt. Here's the thing, thinking, Daniel. Here's the I'm thing. I'm thinking if she wasn't in love, she would have tried to, you know, hey, let's negotiate. Well, I think she still might have gone there if if she wasn't in love. But I just have to say, I mean, if you're going to date the director of a spy organization, you just need to accept the fact that he's probably not going to be able to trust you 100% right away. As he said at the beginning of the episode, and there's a great line. What? This dash trusted his wife, Taco Tuesday. Yeah, but they had time for the relationship to build the trust. Uh, Colson says Colson said at the beginning of the episode it's, it's kind of a thematic line for this episode where we're talking about trust where he says only the only spies without trust issues are either young or dead I mean that sets up right there what this episode is about and it really is it's about trust you have Rosalind and Colson uh, basically going up against each other can they trust each other and at the end they come to a point where they have to trust each other and then you have malik and ward uh malik basically tests ward to see if ward is going to be able to get into the vault and then malik will share the information with ward and and actually share hydra with ward but this whole episode is all about trust you have the team that goes out then and they go out and they trust each other with their lives. It's all about trust. That's our that's our big theme in this episode. And they explore it well. They explore it well. <sighs> Love. <laughs> it's just like the spy who loved me. <sighs> you know, it makes that. me feel like this relationship is more real than ones that we find in movies like Spectre. Mm, let's not go there right now, Daniel. The fact that maybe it wasn't a great weekend. Well, I guess it's better than relationship we see in Thor. Best weekend in New Mexico ever. <sighs> Love. Are, are you ready to that give That would be a secondary show? theme. That would be a secondary right. theme, but. Right. Just be a romantic pin. I am. giving up on the cellist? I'm not going to give up on the cellist. I, the cellist. Keep love alive, buddy. Keep love alive. I can't give up on the cellist. I can't. <sighs> I'm not a shipper, but I've become one. I've All right. Become My leg's starting one. again. Should we talk about Will? Uh, let's see. Talking about Will. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about Will. I mean, that ties into this whole ancient thing that they've discovered. The, they've got Will's patch. They've yes. got the thing that's there in the, whatchamacallit, the, the dungeon. And then they have all these pictures from their books. So, so the question here is, is Will a sacrifice or is he an explorer? Both. Because in a lot of a lot of these books that we've seen from this ancient society talk about sending over these folks as a blood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And Gemma jumps to the idea that Will is a sacrifice. I think it's but both. I think it's both. I think you're right because I do think Hydra wants to figure out how to bring somebody back. So they may have in their minds they're not going to come back just based on patterns, track records, and analytics that tell them, yeah, they die. But I, I do think they're motivated to figure out a way for them to come back. So when you look at Will's group, you know, Will's group had a bunch of supplies. 
well, that would give them time to explore and maybe find a way home. But at the same time, you know, you got to feed the beast on the other side. Right. Yeah, I think it's I think it's absolutely both. They're like you said, they're sent over with the scientific knowledge and they're sent over with one motivation given to them. But they have no clue. I, I don't think Will knows that it's intentional, that they sent him over intentionally to possibly feed this monstrous death beast. That, yeah, uh, man, uh, you want to get into the motivation here? I mean, we've talked about the patches and how the Hydra symbol kind of seems to have evolved out of these satanic uh goat head symbols and, and all that kind of thing, which is neat. And again, kind of tapping into that whole, now it's the opposite side, but that whole idea of shield being around since the days of Leonardo. Well, this is Hydra that's been around for, for 100 generations, which is a long time in dog years, but they, their motivation is this deadly inhuman, the most powerful in humans was sent over somehow and now they're trying to get him back and they're sending them over they're sending these people over to either save him or serve him and they're also building an army for him here to lead well and the army seems to be a relatively new thing yeah i mean malik is trying to transform and recruit as many inhumans as he can but i get the impression that the hydra itself could have been that army if they were able to bring over this this thing before Winter Soldier, Hydra was there in place. I will give you that, sir. But now Hydra is not in place. It's fractured. It's fragmented. And they are going after Inhumans. And they're trying to create Inhumans. And that is the new army. And Lash is going to be one of those powerful, powerful parts of that new army. And, and very apocalyptic, very, very Armageddon-ish. Well, only if that's his motivations. I mean, he wants to rule something, right? Yeah, but I mean, this is one of those things where this is huge. This is big. This is the kind of thing where I want to hope, not that we'll see any of the movie stars. And by movie stars, I don't necessarily mean... Well, no, I do. I, I mean the, the movie characters. I, I don't think we're going to see any of them. But we're building our own inhuman secret warriors, you know. And are we going to be able to see a big, huge battle? Or is it going to be a matter of we stopped it before this thing even comes out? Because as a writer, I know where I want to take it. This guy gets released. The genie comes out of the bottle, comes into our world. What do you do now? But once you do that... You call in the Avengers, right? Well, you could, but they might be off planet. Yeah, and they also might cost too much to bring in. I mean, you can but, come up with MCU excuses that are beyond the money. Absolutely, you can. I, I mean, the money is the real world <laughs> excuse, but uh, yeah. So I'm I'm afraid that they Sometimes might in not. The comic books, Ben. The Avengers aren't called in, and you get the Defenders. I'm just afraid that that they might pull back and go, you know, the distance with this. They have set up something that you're excited by all the lore and all the history and all the backstory. And I get that and I understand that because I know you. 
I am excited about all the story potential for the future where there could be some really crazy, big, world-changing things. The other direction you could possibly take it, though, would be our team ends up on that world. And so the battle... With him. Yeah, the battle doesn't happen in our world. The battle happens on his world. My, and then my you can't call just, the Avengers. You're cut off. My foot, my foot just started shaking again. <laughs> You're cut off, man. Oh, man. So... There's it's so shaking. much potential here. I'm almost afraid to think about it because this is one of those things where once you start wondering, like it's prequel syndrome. You know, we started thinking, no, mind you, we're talking decades then, but where this the Star Wars prequels, we were thinking about all that backstory stuff years and years and years and years and years, and it didn't live up to what we were thinking. And so this is one where I almost have to pull back my my speculation a little bit just so I don't find myself getting too excited and too into say something like a cellist. And, and then I just can't let go of that. But, but they want us to be excited. Oh, absolutely. And the buildup I did, I felt excited. I mean, it was, I mean, it was a physical reaction where I'm like, Oh, I mean, for heaven's sakes, man, did you see who co-wrote today? I did not, actually. I didn't pay attention to that. Jed. Jed co-wrote today. Well, that's an important episode then. Exactly. And it's because he's they're bringing it all together. <sighs> Man. I'm going to sleep well tonight, buddy. <laughs> so much nervous energy. Well. Okay, so all that stuff. Uh, the rewritten well, history. So the. Yeah, well, go ahead. Well, since we talked about Will, should we talk about the kiss? Uh, yeah, let's talk about Fitz and Simmons. This was, yeah, more chemistry than Roz and Coulson. I'll give it that. But it's kind of an angry kiss, you know, kind of a, oh, they're, we're overtaken by our emotions, kiss. but now it's just made things even more complicated. Well, the thing is, is I mean, they finally had that talk. You know, when they had the talk about missed opportunities and we hear Fitz's crazy theory that they're cursed. Yeah. That the cosmos, the cosmos is, is against them. Away. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but, but, uh, there, Simmons has a nice line here too, where she says she, she can't fathom an outcome that doesn't hurt someone she cares about. The, that's and because, well, I, it's, I no. and it's nice drama. It's good drama, you know, where she's she has to figure out, OK, if if she chooses to pursue this relationship with Fitz and they get Will back. Will's going to be hurt if she chooses not to pursue this relationship with Fitz and they don't get Will or they do get Will back. You know, so she'll hurt Fitz if she chooses not to pursue the thing with Fitz and they never get Will back, then Will's getting hurt because he's stuck on that world with that inhuman thing. And Fitz is getting hurt because Simmons is just waiting for Will. Um, I mean, no matter how things can go, this is like a rubric of pain. Yeah. Somebody's going to have teary tearies. And I, but I, I mean, we, she holds the door open, you know, maybe Fitz 
She loves Will, but she loves Fitz too. Yeah, Will did everything right, but someone gave the ultimate sacrifice, basically. Well, and, and saved her. Yeah. Well, and, and who was it that brought up the idea of remember Fitz jumping off the plane and and hesitating and, and Ward did the jump uh to save Simmons because Ward was confident and skilled and all that. Man, but here's stinky. a situation where now uh, Fitz had this opportunity again. He jumps into another world to rescue her. And so she has these two guys who she can't even sit back and say, well, one saved my life and the other one's a nice guy. They both did. Will saved her life just by being there with her and giving her hope in the, the her moments of despair. And Fitz brought her back by jumping in and, and making that, that awesome, awesome moment. But I, I, I sympathize and empathize with Fitz. I remember feeling this way about other guys where it's like he's strong, he's smart, you know, and he makes her happy. And so I should be mad at him because... I don't have a chance with her and it really happened way too much. <laughs> now that I really think about it. I feel kind of, kind of silly, but you know, it, it's a legitimate emotional reaction to caring about someone in a way that goes deeper than friendship. So he, well, and it, we could have a 12 hour lecture if you wanted me to uh, about comradeship and we could go through all band of brothers I mean, there are friendships that are deeper than, quote, friendship. Uh, (laughs) We could. You know what I'm talking about, though. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm talking about they have a deep friendship, but this was going to move beyond that. Oh, the birds and the bees stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, (sighs) he still cares for her, though. I mean, he still genuinely loves her because what does love do? Love sacrifices. Love puts the other person and their needs and their their desires too ahead of your own and and that's what he's doing he's put her ahead of himself and it means going and finding this guy who is flawless he's looked for any dirt he could find which will's got flaws he locks girls up in cages yeah but to be fair, he's on a planet that can actually create hallucinations of people that you know, potentially people that you don't know. To be fair, he doesn't even know if Simmons is real when he put her in a cage. All right. I mean, let's I'll give let's it. give him the benefit of the doubt. As much as I don't like the idea of Simmons actually choosing to be with Will again. I'm not a shipper. What has a show done to me? Because I'm becoming a shipper. I am actually sitting down talking about how much I don't want a couple to get together because I want part of that couple to get together with someone else. Hey, and speaking of kudos, uh, shippers, kudos, writers, you have sucked me in. <laughs> and I think the only other time that I didn't want a relationship to happen as much as this was just Worf and Troy simply because that was stupid. So, 
Good it, job, writers. Shippers, in my house, there was screaming when the kiss happened. Good screaming? Bad screaming. Oh, excited screaming. And then when Fitz stumbles away and uh, a little bit of crying. Hormone-induced rage. It might be what we like to call here all the feels. I almost felt like they could have put the commercial break right there, and that would have been our mid-episode twist. You mean? Oh, yeah, by the way, because as you know, I started late. Speaking of mid-episode twists, I literally turned it on, and Malik's talking to Andrew. What do you mean? Oh, that's when you started watching? Someone threw hands over their ears and started yelling, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. (laughs) The mid-episode twist, I mean, the commercial break point that I consider in Avery definition of mid-episode twist was Coulson getting the intel and we just found out that they're not looking for a cure. There aren't any humans there. There's actually fish oil pills there and that they're trying to create in humans. We we cut away to commercial with Coulson saying, convince me you're not Hydra. I don't see that as a great middle up mid episode twist. But my DVR said it was 32 minutes in. It was. When that Alex is the point. In. That is the point. That is saying that is the time definition of the mid episode twist. As far as the Avery definition goes from the Avery television termology dictionary. But, Whew. Okay, so where what where else do we want to go here? I mean, we've, hey girl, uh, you, okay, Bobby, hey girl, the you team, get some nice toys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about our team here. They have a Mission Impossible, a spy mission. This is Shield right here. This is what we are here to see. Shield, or we were here to see Shield do. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. going out and doing spy stuff. Bobby gets to not only kick tail, she gets to science too. Oh, she sciences it up. She does. Very sciencey. She She scienced well. And Hunter, he's great in the field, but I would not trust him with undercover work like this. I don't know why he was the one that they chose to go in other than his... Uh, skills with with weaponry and, and fighting. Well, but. he's he's gone undercover before. I mean, the biggest liability is what if Banks sees him? And no, the no, thing no, no, is, no, no, no. The biggest, great- the biggest liability is what if communications get cut off? He can't or, fake out of this, and or if he doesn't know what a slash is. But you know, really, <laughs> when you think about it, the way he plays it is perfect. Because one of the biggest things that I've learned from books about exploring Disney places where you're not supposed to be is act as if you're supposed to be there. And his annoying, abusive personality is one that says, as this undercover guy, I'm supposed to be here. It does. He carries himself well. But it seems to me you could have found another agent who actually knew about computers but could actually he, type because <laughs> he's hunting peck, man. But if you did, you would miss out on an opportunity. Uh, and are you talking about a story opportunity? 
No, I'm talking about the fact that we need to try, you know, do a little data, little experimentation on the spinoff show. <laughs> I mean, in many ways, that's what that felt like to me. The fact that you were sending those two is you were kind of experimenting for what their spinoff could look like. This was fun, fun stuff. The whole mission and was that's fun. that's the thing. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you've got this tense situation going on over with Coulson and Roz where – there's this this witty rapporteur going back and forth, and uh, but it's getting tense because you know he's trying to find out if he can trust her, and the way he's trying to find that out is by lying to her. But then you have the fun mission, and then you have this evil evil situation with Ward, killing people, and enjoying it. I I do want us to come back to Ward. We need to come back to Ward, but. I'm ha- I'm enjoying myself watching Bobby and Hunter playing off each other. Bobby's cool. She's there's no pressure. She knows what she's doing. She's good at what she does. Hunter, she's got cool toys, new toys. You know, which is a nice upgrade on the batons. The fact that she can control them they, seems a little Wonder Woman ish. Because there's a bracelets involved. Wink, wink. But you know where this... Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> she was almost Wonder Woman. But I was I was thinking more Captain America's shield. Seems like the same kind of technology. She's no, still learning it, like I, She's still learning it. You're not going to like me. I keep going back to the fact that we're trial and error... Trying out a, a spinoff. Uh-huh. You're not going to like me when I say this. What? All the fun that you think I should have had in Ant-Man, I had in this. No, because the fun I think you should have had in Ant-Man was the stuff that I was seeing on the screen in Ant-Man. Hunter was, again, Hunter was great. Bobby was action. This this spinoff has got some potential. It does. It does. They uh, really, now that I've gotten past the fact that Hunter's in a relationship with Bobby and that he's not good enough for, you know, this is actually building some great chemistry for these two. Yeah. And and if there's one thing, if there's one thing that I can really relate to Hunter about, you know, I've related to Fitz, but now I'm relating here to Hunter. Um, that dude married up, man. Oh, yeah. He, he married up. <laughs> You, you've, you're definitely seeing the points that I've made about him many, many times. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, I tried and, to kill him at one time. And I think you and I both, we, we both feel we've, we've married up. You know, we, we definitely have um, been able to spend our lives with women who, you know, maybe sometimes we're not what they deserved. <laughs> but uh, Hunter, yeah, he's, he's there with us. He married up, and I love him. Poor guy. I love him. All right. Uh, I'm going to say the name Mac, just so we can say we said it. Okay. Mac. Those batons are now distance weapons, Daniel. What? The the batons are now distance weapons. Uh, Isn't that awesome? It is pretty cool. And it's a great fight. Great fight scene. The same technology. I'm just going to say it, whether or not it is, but it's the same kind of thing that Captain America has in his shield, where it just attaches to his arm. And he's able to... Shield tech, man. Shield tech. Okay. I want to talk about May and Lincoln real quick and then maybe finish with Ward. Maybe. Maybe. You said the name Mac, but Mac is there 
Mac is there as the Greek chorus or the conscience. He's no. Yes. He is Coulson's Jiminy Cricket. He is the one who is Coulson's conscience. Now Coulson put him in that situation where he's taking care of all the alien tech stuff because of that. But in this situation, he doesn't trust Coulson's motivations. And then when he does realize what Coulson's motivations are in a way that he can trust, it just brings up some more questions for him. There. Now I've, I've actually said some things about Mac. Let's move on. No, let's say some things about Daisy. She's a super Googler. She is. Uh, she, in this episode, didn't serve a whole lot of a big purpose other than she feeds the information to Hunter. And it's fun. She She's a part the of the fun. Or the Zephyr. Um, and we do get a brief interlude where we reset Lincoln and her relationship. Which is, you know, let's just see where it goes. Yeah. But speaking of Lincoln, Lincoln is in the field for the first time. Uh, this is a serious step towards Secret Warriors. And why is he in the field? Because of May. Now, in my notes, Act 1, bringing in Andrew, he's in stasis, uh, Roz and Coulson, Melinda will talk when she's ready, Fitzsimmons, working together, May still not talking, Lincoln and Daisy. Lincoln moved in. They kissed. Now they don't know what to do. May still not talking. <laughs> Operation Stoplight. We're going to peer into the shadows of the ATCU. May talks and invites Lincoln. <laughs> so, and, and Lincoln's paranoid, of course, that May has a vendetta against him since she he is somewhat connected to Andrew. I mean, he was one of Andrew's targets. And the thing about it is, is when we finally hear what May's motivation is for bringing him on the team, wanting to be alone with him, it just makes me love May even more. It does. It really does. Because, you know, she's not talking, not out of anger. Although you look at her, that's the vibe she's giving off. But it's not anger. She's processing. How do I take care of this? And I like it a lot the way that they play this. I like the way Melinda has played it. Um, and then she comes and she has the apology. She apologizes to him. It's great. It's great. She's re She feels responsible. She has to fix this. And you know what? She can't. No. No, she's helpless. I mean, she can punch hard, but she can't punch this problem. And, you know, she can't punch a solution out of this problem. Yeah. And again, I, we were all thinking about it wrong. We were all thinking May's mad at him because of Andrew. She feels responsible because Andrew's friends are dead. Mm -hmm. She's mad at herself. I mean, Lincoln's friends are dead. Right. Yeah. I mean, there there is anger there. But a lot of it, I think, goes to her, unfortunately. So. Oh, man, I've been so tense tonight. Oh, all uh, the muscles. You know, we want to talk about some of these um, parallel storylines. You have the Coulson-Roz thing where they have slept together now. And where do they go from there? You have uh, Lincoln and Daisy talking about we have kissed now. Where do we go from there? And then you have Fitz and Simmons who have now kissed and have to answer the question, where do we go from there? 
So those, those are some interesting parallels with those stories. Um, yeah, so Ward is the last thing we were going to talk about. I'm trying to see if there's anything else to really bring up. There's so much in this episode. So much in this episode. What else was in that vault, Daniel? I mean, I, they're I focusing on this one thing because it's the greatest thing, but this vault, there's so many possible things that could be in there. Okay, so I wasn't supposed to know what was inside the boxes. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I mean, it's Hydra no stuff. It's enough. stuff that Hydra has picked up. But, yeah. Uh, I'm looking through my notes. I mean, we've, we've covered most of it. There is the mean stuff that, that Roz said. Well, you have no emotions and all that. We've talked about that. I think it's time for us to move on to Ward then. Malik. Oh, man. Yeah. Ward has lost any. Uh, there, there's, there's no redemption for this man in the context of this story. I mean, this is a fictional character we're talking about who is a pathological liar, who is a murdering murderer who murders. And when he kills one of those Hydra men with his knife, the look on his face, it's just kind of this, yeah, hey, it's, it's, it's not quite joy, but it's definitely pleasure. He's very, very satisfied. Yeah, it was, it, it, it just, that was a nail in the coffin for the ward that we knew. He is now somebody that I used to know. That's what he is, Daniel. Somebody that <laughs> I used to. I don't. I don't know him anymore. Well, he's still out for revenge. Mm -hmm. uh, he, again, Malik has to incorporate Ward's goals into into his plan. I mean, Ward was a problem, so he went to kill him. Didn't work, so maybe he's a head that's grown up. Yeah, I, I don't think he maybe. wanted to kill him. I he he said you you. Left he said me. you were meant to die. No, he said he didn't say you were meant to die. Ward said he was meant to die. Malik said, I left those men to kill you. But there's a difference. If by him, I mean, I think it was that was part of the test. You survived and here you are. Yeah. I, Malik sees someone he can use. And and Ward sees, I don't know what Ward sees, man. <laughs> he's he's got a lot to take in with the history lesson, but he's that young guy who doesn't care about history, and now maybe he should care about history because history repeats itself. Boom. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's beyond redemption for me now, though. Oh, very much so. He's sadistic. He's evil. And again, he's got his own motivations. It, it's clear Malik is going to let him work his motivations into Malik's own plans now. Uh, he wants to cut off the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., so he wants to attack Coulson. And he wants to hurt people in S.H.I.E.L.D. He is, at the end in our post credit scene, doing this to Andrew because, A, Malik needs to know how to bring Lash out. But also, it will hurt May. It will indeed and i almost get the feeling of that that idea of the hulk being you know the gun that you point i i almost feel like that's what malik sees ward as okay you want the head of shield fine 
I will set you loose. I will cut you loose. You can go out and get your revenge, but you're going to go out and get your revenge and it's going to serve my purposes of, of getting what I need to bring about the apocalypse of the death in human. <laughs> um, and now maybe those labels of death are those possibly, you know, the names given to this powerful inhuman. This power, yeah, it you know, easily could be. He is death. And as it gets passed on from generation to generation, um, yeah, they, they know of him as death. So Or Dr. Doom, the hoodied one. Or Dr. Doom. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Big episode. It's all connected. Big episode. I I saw uh, I think it's something on Twitter. Again, can't remember who who exactly it was that said it, but um where they said that last episode was possibly their favorite episode ever. I can totally see that. This episode, it it's gotta go up there. It it's gotta go up there in the top ten. It's I, strong. It's strong. It writes a a new history, but does not retcon the old history. The old history can still stand. It just adds layers to motivations. And yeah. I don't well, I don't have anything else really in my notes. I think I think I think we're good to go here. I'm all dried up, buddy. Whew. You know, it's the post tension drowsiness. It's like when you have a really big meal and then like an hour later you're ready to go to sleep. Every muscle in my body has been tense all night long. Well, not all night long, but well, about for at least that hour, yeah. yeah. And then all I could think was, I want to talk to Ben on my third year anniversary. Uh, okay, great. <laughs> all right, let's go to the next. Let's go to the reports, buddy. Here we go. Shield Field Report. Okay, so we got some feedback in some interesting. Uh, well, should we start with uh, Agent Ricky? Should we start with another uh, phone message that was left for us, or should we go to our emails? Let's do Agent Ricky. All right. Agent Ricky uh, called in a number of times as he was taking part in uh, the, what was it called? It's the Avengers Marathon Weekend okay. at Disneyland. Avengers Marathon Weekend at Disneyland. It was three or days. Or as I like to call it, Advanced Agent Training. It was three days. There was a 5K on a Friday. There was a 10K on Saturday. There was a half marathon on Sunday, I think. That's what that is. Yep. And he did what was called the Infinity Gauntlet Challenge. Because he's crazy. Which is running both the 10K on the Saturday and the half on the Sunday. And you get medals for doing that. So I think he had a race on Friday, too, like a 5K. Yeah, he did that, too, but it wasn't part of the Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so he left some messages. Let's go ahead and, and let's start with message number number one here from Ricky. Hey, agents. This is Agent Ricky. I am calling at the Avengers 5K. Rachel was out for another hour and a half, but 
I've already seen Ant-Man and Anthony. <laughs> All right. Uh, here you guys. Ah, uh, it's cold. I'll see you guys in form uh, as I go. Tomorrow, starts a two-day battle against Thanos. It's uh, Captain America 10K and then the Avengers Half Marathon. So, stay tuned. Yeah, so a lot of people were running in, in costume, and he posted a picture of, of Ant-Man and Anthony on Facebook. Honestly, that's the only way I would run. In costume? Yeah. Yeah, I still wouldn't look good doing it, but... All right, here's our next message from Ricky. All right, Agent. This is Agent Ricky, and I'm going to say I just finished the 5K. It was really fun. Saw some Avengers. Here, uh, Ben, there was Howard Duck running today. <laughs> All right, um, I'll call back tomorrow when I do the Captain America 10K. So Howard the Duck costume, that that gets you double play there at, at Disney because you can turn around and take out the cigar, take off the pants, and you're Donald, right? He has to wear pants. Howard must wear pants. That's what I'm saying. You take off the pants and you're Donald. Lose the cigar, lose the pants, and you're Donald, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Message number three. Ward. This is Hydra Agent Ricky. I have contacted Ben and Daniel after running the 5K. Hopefully they will give me the note prize, and we can use it to rule the world. Hell Hydra. I, I don't know what to feel about this, Daniel. No. No. I don't know what to feel about this other yeah. than, I don't know. Okay. There's no no prize coming. And we don't have a sounder for our no no prize. Yeah, we do. Here it is. All right. Well, I've got more messages from from Ricky, so let's go ahead. I guess this is maybe, from the day of the 10K. Maybe there will be redemption. Hey, Ben and Daniel, and oh, I do. It's Agent Ricky here. Uh, the race just started. Uh, going good. I'll keep you guys informed. Oh, he's calling while he's running. I was going to say, how does he do that? I don't know. I can't do anything in That's that. dedication, though, to call in the podcast while you're running because, you know, we're a Marvel podcast. He's running a Marvel race. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I do know of podcasters who actually record their podcast on their run. Like that's the point of the podcast is this is my run. And but yeah. Okay. Next. Hey guys, it's Agent Ricky again. Uh well, over a mile in. Oh, is he still oh, running? Uh, <laughs> Agent the Shield. And so well, Rosalind, yeah, that's kind of shocking, I think. How close are we still being betrayed by so many trust? Uh, I think anyone here knows anything about that. All right, I'll keep you guys informed. See you later. Okay, he was still running. That is not at all what I would sound like if I was talking while I was I, running. I don't think I could talk at that point. <laughs> no. It's here at mile two. Yeah, okay, next message. Ward, Hydra Agent Richie here. Why did you give me this mission? Shield is everywhere. I did see Hydra Agent Carl 
Professor Kozak. But the Avengers, I've seen Rocket, Groot, even some here from the SSR. Wait, I call what's level 7? This isn't 5554 Hydra? Uh-oh. Well, L kill Eagle whatever logo thingy. Yeah. I, I'm making some notes uh, in our notebook that we keep on Ancient Ricky right now. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little disappointed uh, that uh, Agent Ricky is actually yeah calling into Hydra. Uh, speaking of Hydra, I did give them some of my money earlier this week, though. Did you know that? No. Yeah, I had to go and buy an electrical power cord from, from Radio Shack. I almost, so you're, you're the guy keeping those uh, outposts in business. You know what's interesting though, when when I was thinking about it, is is uh, Radio Shack stays in business because they actually do provide a service that no one else can, and that is uh, these kind of obscure needs for electronics equipment for people who don't know what they need, and so you can take the stuff in there and they will check it out for you. But yeah, okay. So next message from Ricky. <clears throat> Hey, Agent, this is Agent Ricky here. I'm currently running in the Disneyland Park. And earlier I saw, like, five guys, and they had a cardboard cutout of Agent Kenny's head. <laughs> I thought it was a really clever costume. All right, I will report back later. And he did send in a picture of that one, too. Did you see that, Daniel? I did, and it was quite awesome. But here's my real problem. What? You're not supposed to run in Disneyland. They tell you all the time, don't run. Yeah, that's kind of the point of doing a marathon somewhere, though. Well, the magic's ruined now. Five Koenigs. Five Koenigs, Daniel. They all had the same head. Giant Koenig heads. And, and and you're worried about running in the park when that is the whole purpose for being there. Hey, Damn, when I need Daniel, to get to Daniel. Space Mountain, I need to go to Space Mountain. I'd like to go to Space Mountain and, and ride that with the lights on sometime. I think it'd be really Dude, cool. Dude, it's Star Wars themed right this very moment. Yeah, that'd also be cool. But I'd like to see it with the lights on. All right, guys. Agent Ricky here. I'm nine miles in. And I am actually calling you on Angel Stadium. We're actually running on the field where they play. Uh, while I have you guys, I want to ask some questions about Daredevil. You guys can hear me. It's kind of loud. <laughs> One, Madam Gal told Alex that we'll never speak again. Do you think she might have the clairvoyant? Also, season two, what do you think about uh, hiring Nelson Murdoch to defend him? All right, I'll call you at the end. Who who was he asking about for for? Uh, about Madame Gao. Yeah, does, does Madame Gao have clairvoyance? Well, uh, she definitely the, has powers. Does Fing Fang Foom? Because I'm convinced that she's one of Fing Fang Foom's race. Okay. Um, and, and no, he can't defend uh, Fisk. They can't defend Fisk because that'd be a conflict of interest. Because yeah. they def- they're defending the cop that's the informant. And they've also already gone up against him by by helping with the evidence and stuff like that. But so yeah, yeah. totally can't defend Fisk. No, no. But that's what happens if you call us by running through Angel Stadium, you'll get your questions answered. And, and here's the other thing: 
is again, uh, you go out. I, I, I have run a, what was it? Was it a 5k? I ran a 5k and your mind just wanders. Your mind just wanders. And so I can just imagine him out there seeing all the, the Marvel stuff and just letting his mind wander and thinking to himself, you know, I can think about this right now. I don't have to worry about being Hydra, which is still a problem for me. But uh, we have another message here. Here we go. Okay, quick thought. No, Ward, you can't have my medals. Wait, what? I earn them. If you want them, you can just register. What'd you say, Daniel? I was going to say, quick, quick shout out. I understand since after I mow the yard, I always want to make fantasy trades. So if you're in a fantasy league with me, wink, wink, find out when I make the, mow the yard. Yeah, I'm not doing very well in my fantasy league. It's because you don't talk to me, Ben. Come talk to me. It's because it's too late. It's yeah. too late, Daniel. Eight it's too late. Clinched playoffs, and I've got the worst set of running backs ever. Hey, you know who we didn't talk about much is uh, the Iron Chef guy. He's got powers and inhuman. Okay. Well, no, I mean, the... I thought he was supposed to be S.H.I.E.L.D. The clairvoyant here comment made me think of, of this guy. I mean, he, he just seemed like he was kind of a force user, you know, the way he was using his powers. He didn't get the chance to really... I just really thought of his them. telekinesis. Which is what a force user does, is telekinesis. But we don't have the force, so, Ward, you can't have my medals. No, Ward, you can't have my medals. I earn them. If you want them, you can just register and run the races yourself. Registration for next year begins April 5th, 2016, and the races are November 10th through the 13th, 2016. So, you know what? I quit. Fail Hydra. Nice. Fail Hydra. I, I, I still think in order to get a no prize, we have to test him first. Uh, this, this, any no I mean, prize that he might get for, you know, running through the park, calling, being awesome. Yeah, you were Hydra for, yeah, you were Hydra. The minute he threw out Hydra. Yeah, I, I do appreciate, and, and there is redemption for you. You have not downed an airplane. You have not driven a knife into a fellow Hydra agent's throat. You have not shown glee in doing evil, but you have been calling someone who does. So also I, I do find it weird that, you know, we're so close on the, on the, on his, his contact list or something, but maybe he was butt dialing. I don't know. One last <laughs> message. Hi, Ben and Daniel. Okay, I got a confession. I was a double agent for Hydra. <laughs> but I quit. I'm just going to be a single agent for S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and to prove it, I have a report coming out. Uh, you guys can see it soon on, uh, on my Rugged Warrior YouTube page. It's uh, where my, I post videos on exercising, race reports, I do movie reviews, I put video games, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, unless you're watching this on my vlog, 
Um, which, so you would know about it? Okay, I'm starting to sound like past in now, so I'm going to end right now. What? All right. That was Let unkind. And stay rugged. Okay, in lieu of a lo- no prize, since we I was can't do that. He needs a no prize. No, no, no. For past paid comic, because I loved no. it. We'll we'll let you have the the promotion of your 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 vlog, but I can't give a no prize to. That was classic. I saw what you did there, Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Well. And con- again, congratulations. Nice job. Nice job. You made us proud. Made us proud. Anyone else out there? You don't have to run the actual marathon or half marathon at Disney, but um, this is the kind of thing that we're we're happy to hear about. Happy to hear about, and definitely the connection to the Marvel universe helps. But yeah, where do you want to go from here? Do you want to go to our our uh, emails that we've received, or do you sure, want? Sure, I have no idea how many we have. Yeah, we only have three, and I haven't sent them your way yet, so I, I guess I'm going to be stuck reading them. But uh, we have a message from Kay. And he says, subject, feedback overload. Feel free to summarize. Wow. Just wow. Where to start? Great show. Great podcast. Thanks for the no prize, but I am not worthy. I'm still not shipping Cosselin. <laughs> I think Phil is playing her. He can't overlook the bat. He is looking for someone to verify his read of her. Since May is not available, he has Daisy give Rosalind the grand tour of the mobile base that ATCU will not be able to find again, knowing that Rosalind will try to win Daisy over and will probably be successful. Phil knows that once Daisy takes the hatred filter off, she will really start looking at her and see the things Phil needs verified. And here is what he will find. We know Roz worked with NASA at the time that the expedition went through the portal. We know that Roz has a fixation on a certain English prime minister and doesn't, quote, get American baseball. Who leaves a $7,000 signed bat laying against a cabinet? My son's personalized Louisville slugger even rates a case on the wall. We also know that there is a very old order or organization that has been studying the monolith for centuries and that they happen to have a castle in England. In that castle is a symbol that is very close in appearance to the NASA patch. Now, I like to say that the patch symbol also resembles a whale spout, so that we might be working with Leviathan, which would be super cool. But with all the English ties, I think that Le- that takes Leviathan off the list. So Roz works for a very old English-based organization that Gideon Malik is currently heading. They have many ancient artifacts, the most significant being the monolith. After years and years of sending people through the portal and not getting them back, They enlisted the help of the Americans and NASA, but made sure their guy, Will, was on the team. I couldn't think of a scenario where he would lie to Gemma, but after seeing the research that Fitz was doing on him, we know he was lying right out of the gate when he said he wasn't very sciencey. One of the first things Gemma said to him was that she was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., leading to the cover-up and his desire to win her over to keep her from uncovering this secret organization. I think this organization has some other type of artifact that can also be used as a portal, but either it isn't as reliable or there is something else about it that makes it a second choice. It is going to be this second portal that Fitz will figure out how to use in order to go on a mission to save Will. I'm also wondering if this Malik organization is collecting inhumans to send through the portal in order to attack or conquer something on the other side. It gets a little fuzzy about here. I blame the beer. Keep it Marvel. K. And uh, this is, I guess, what I was referencing. Can, Can you play it for him? Uh, yeah, I can play it for him because this came before tonight's episode 
and it does get into a lot of stuff. There's some wrong stuff here, but even that kind of feeds into what was good about the right stuff. So yeah, let's do it. The new prize winner of the day. So there's, there's that, that no prize. You said you were not worthy of the previous one that we gave you. Whenever we give a no prize, you are worthy, my friend. If we give you it, it's because you have been deemed worthy. And that is why Daniel and myself have not received no prizes. <laughs> Truth. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, there's some things that were not quite correct. But at the same time, they were close. They were I, close. I agree. Uh, the one thing I would look up here and... Uh, yeah, the Phil playing her line, that was also something we haven't talked about. That was something Mac brought up. You know, are you playing her? And Phil says, you you think I'm that guy? And he was a little bit hurt at that. I, I really think so. Phil's a gigolo. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this one's from Agent Jersey Jim. Subject, Lincoln and Lash, not what they appear. Gentlemen. Looks like another great season, enchanted by listening to your podcast. Something that really did not come up in the last podcast, but I think we should consider. We, as well as S.H.I.E.L.D., have been working under the assumption that Andrew's change to Lash will eventually become permanent. Why do we know that? After rewatching the episode, the only reason is because Lincoln said so. We also know that Andrew said to May... That kid has a dark side. It seems pretty unusual to me that after six months or so, he is still in the process of changing. That was not the case in any other Inhuman we have seen before. Again, we think this to be true because Lincoln said so. As far as I can tell, there was no research to back this up. We also know that at first, when May is talking to him and after Coulson first came in, he stayed Andrew. It was only after Lincoln came in, started yelling and shooting electric blasts that he, Andrew, lost control when it was just him, May, and Coulson. He was okay. Lincoln was the one who was saying things like, it won't come quietly, he's insane, etc. When in reality, he was just, uh, is that, I don't know if that's faking or taking. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Lincoln was saying those things, but he was faking. I think there's a real possibility that Lincoln does not have the good intentions he seems to. It seems to me like he pushed Andrew into that change for no good reason. Coulson and May were getting through to him, and Lincoln got him all worked up. Think about it. Andrew keeps control around Daisy. He kept control around Joey, fantasy aside. He has slash had the ability to remain in control. I think Lincoln knows something about Lash and may be trying to keep a secret hidden from Daisy and the rest of the gang. We know that Jiang kept the genealogy book. We also know that Jiang did not have the most noble of intentions. And we know she worked very close with Lincoln. Could it be there is something more to Lincoln and his friends that Lash killed? Only time will tell, but our writers have a history of pulling this kind of switch, making it look like one thing, then pulling the old bait and switch. Keep up the good work on the podcast. It is a weekly must-listen for me, Agent Jersey Jim. And yeah, I like that. I, I like the idea that Lincoln could be working an angle here. And that maybe there's something more to Lincoln, or maybe there's something more to Lash that Lincoln understands. Again, I keep going back to that ceremonial scarring. When 
did Andrew have a chance to do that? Why would he do that? It's just kind of weird. Maybe it's just part of him. Maybe. But if it is just part of him, and I thought about that, if it is just a part of him, maybe it's because there is something more ancient and something more sinister to his particular transformation. Maybe he was transformed specifically to be this kind of ancient judge type of, of thing. Maybe he's know. a weapon. Maybe. Uh, this one's from Avocado Kurt. Uh, subject chaos theory. He says, good day to you, gentlemen. Agent Kurt back from hibernation to talk about some agents of shield. Before I talk about last week's episode, I know my emails have been getting longer recently and apologize, but I have to talk a lot to talk about. And you two are the only cool guys who will read it. <laughs> So Chaos Theory was certainly a memorable episode, and I actually liked it quite a bit. There was a lot of great conflict, drama, action, and revelations that went down. I also have to say that this episode did a lot to improve my feelings on Among Us Hide by giving Andrew more dramatic screen time, and with Lincoln stating that Andrew's transformations are part of the inhuman transition and will be permanent later on. Anyway, let's start with May and Andrew. These two went through a lot. We not only get to see a lot more of their trip, to Hawaii via flashbacks, but we also get to see how Andrew changed and see his and May's current relationship get fractured and fall apart, potentially for good. Whether it be Andrew's daydreams of killing Joey, scary, or Andrew shooting May with an icer, madman, or their intimate moment before Coulson showed up, there was a lot to love. Migna really killed it in this episode. We rarely get to see so much visual emotion from May, and you could tell that this was a situation that was hurting her so much. I also liked how a lot of characters and storylines managed or started to converge in this episode. Unlike season one and to a lesser degree season two, this season is really moving quickly with its stories and it isn't wasting time with its mysteries and reveals. In just a few episodes, Lincoln was on the run and now he's come back into the fold for good reasons. But it looks like he's joining the crew now after the ordeal with Lash. Werner has come and gone. Coulson and Roslyn have hooked up and Lash has dispatched loads of people taken on Lincoln again and been subdued by May with the help of shield and the ATCU. I just hope this quick pace won't ruin certain upcoming stories that require a slower pace. As for Fitzsimmons, those two, their drama is subtle, but still ever so real with Fitz. He had to go through Simmons's experiences via the images and videos left on her phone. You can see that this guy still loves this girl from the way he listened to her recordings, watched her videos. And when he aggressively knocked the stuff off the table after seeing Will and Simmons together, and seeing them together conversing while watching the sunrise, that was cute, and I felt like things aren't completely over between them romantically, or at least that's what I'm hoping. Haha. There were some other elements of this episode I hadn't I haven't mentioned that I appreciated, like I liked how Rosalind and Daisy were against each other, arguing the pros and cons of handling inhumans from their own points of view. That was some tense and subtly aggressive conversation. Phil and Rosalind have been teased for a while, but I guess it's come to pass, and I do like it, even if the circumstances aren't exactly genuine. When Rosalind asked Coulson if she'd buy him a drink, I knew exactly where it was going. The same sort of situation happened with May and Ward back in Season 1. Now Rosalind's playing Coulson. But someone online suggested that Coulson could be playing along, which would make him look so cool. But I'm not sure if Coulson is that smart and sneaky. Joey's back. Haven't seen that dude in ages. Was starting to think he'd become irrelevant for the foreseeable future, but apparently he's fine, and he's been learning to control his abilities. He doesn't just melt metal, but he can shape it, too. Glad he didn't get taken out by Lash, because he's got potential. Well, that's me done. Keep up the good work. And P.S. Daniel, 
You're the best. I love the Whitney Houston song moment that was so random and hilarious. Also, Ben, please watch The Martian. It's a good movie and much better than I expected considering Ridley Scott's recent filmography. Plus, Matt Damon is awesome in the film, too. Agent Kurt out. Yeah, yeah, Ben. How does it feel to not see The Martian yet? I saw it. <laughs> I did. I saw it on Sunday night. It was one of my only opportunities to go and see it. And I'm going to be recording an episode, I think, uh, for Strangers and Aliens about it. Uh, that's my uh, science fiction and, and religion podcast. But I'll just throw it out here right now. I I liked it. It was okay. I could have waited for Redbox on it, though. Mm, better than Spectre. Mm, not to me. Spectre had more tenseness and emotion to it. But... Uh, I recommend it though. It's it's a decent sci-fi movie and it was a really Scott sci-fi movie. That's that's an important thing. I mean, this is the man who did Blade Runner, Alien, and Prometheus, which I also liked. So So we do have one more piece of feedback, but that actually is more about Heroes Reborn than about actually I shouldn't say it's not just more about Heroes Reborn. It actually it's is totally, about Heroes Reborn. And totally about Heroes Reborn. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll play that actually um as part of our Heroes Reborn conversation. That's from uh, Agent Hank. So I do want to thank everyone for writing in. Uh, there was a great review that got left for us uh, on iTunes. Uh, I have not received the notification yet from uh, my podcast reviews, which is the, that's the name of, of the service. It's called my podcast reviews. That's, that's run by uh, Daniel J. Lewis, who does the noodle mix network. And he created this, this, uh, this app service, but we, we do want to say a, a big giant, huge welcome to level seven. Thank you to GMB alpha from the United States who left a five-star review for us that um, <laughs> the title of the review is subscribe now or Hydra will win. And yeah, and he, he, the, whoever, he or she goes on to say that, um, once you listen to a few episodes, you won't be able to skip this podcast without, oh, I can't read that, but again, yeah. thank you very much for two things, helping to promote the show and keeping from keeping Hydra from winning. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I yeah, I, I can't actually read the quote, but I'm, I'm trust me. It's, it's a good quote. Once you listen to a few episodes, you won't be able to skip this podcast without becoming something bad. Maybe a hot mess. Maybe. Maybe. So, yeah. Thank you. And so with that, um, I want to also say thank you for listening. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for calling in. Thank you, listener. Yes, you. The listening listener who listens on their listening device. And thank you for spending this time with us. And we will see you next time. And Daniel, until next time, do you have any advice or thoughts to leave I just tonight just seems like a whirlwind of information and activity and connections and all. I think we just need to remember, okay, that's a lot to take in. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177 level 7 
You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven or connect with us on Twitter where we're level seven pod. And remember, the seven is spelled out. Our theme music is the light fantastic by JS Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Once again, thanks for listening, and remember, welcome to Level 7. It's not just a podcast. It's a magical place. It's a magical place. Daniel, we didn't even talk about Tahiti. Ah, Okay, Heroes Reborn. I'm mad. You're mad? I'm very, very mad at NBC. Uh, Spoilers are coming, just so you know. But you're mad at NBC because... I'm cross-eyed. My face is scrunchy. Because here's the thing, Ben. Heroes Reborn is a 13-episode miniseries, correct? Yeah, yeah. How many episodes in are we? We are nine in with Sunday Bloody Sunday. Which I love the title. Huge YouTube fan. But they spelled it like an ice cream sundae. It was good. Clever. Next week will be 10. Yep. It's also our fall finale. (laughs) So literally, (laughs) so I have two two issues here. So first of all, this is a miniseries. Give me my story. Yeah. Uh, Just like my grandma would say, give me my stories. So- why can't I have my three, count them, three episodes given to me in the first three weeks of December? Why can't I get my whole story given to me in the before 2015 is over? I have to wait months, months to get my three last episodes? Yeah, yeah. It, I'm going to have to remember everything. It's silly. It's It's, it's silly. It's not like they even split it in half evenly. It makes no sense to me. I I it's, am angry at NBC who obviously I blame all deficiencies with heroes the first time on NBC um, because of stuff like this. This is insane. It's I wouldn't say it's insane, but I think the word that we both agreed on with our Facebook conversation about this was it's stupid. Um, it's it's three episodes. And it should be. Here's the thing. You create a mini series, you play them in a, in a chunk, you play them out and let it be chapter by chapter by chapter. It's a mini series on purpose because you have a beginning, a middle and an end. And they are making us wait for the end. It's not even good business sense. No, it's not going to build anticipation or anything, I don't think. Yeah. Again, it's not like it's a major like, oh, we're going to get the other half. From a business sense, the ratings aren't so gangbusters that it's the voice. You know what I mean? It's it's not a top 10 show. So waiting until 2016 to give us three episodes doesn't really it's, give them anything. It's goofy. It's if goofy. anything, it pushes back having to debut something in that time slot later well here's the other thing that it does daniel is you're gonna get viewer bleed from this now we're not going anywhere we're, we're gonna watch those three episodes but that's the kind of thing where if i wasn't invested because we're talking about things here i would totally just be like 
oh, well, it'll be like what happened with Under the Dome for me, where I, I lost track of it and I thought I'll just watch it online and then just never got around to it because it was inconvenient. And It's, you know. it's completely mismanaged. It's goofy, silly, goofy stuff. And, and so here I am mad. And I thought the episode was fantastic. I got mad at the episode itself. I didn't even know about this until after it was done. And then you said something to me. But the episode itself. Oh, what? The fact that Matt Parkman's finally interesting. No, no, that I didn't mind. He may be the most vicious villain in heroes history now. Didn't mind that at all. Uh, um, Is the fact that the penny man who I want to know more about is now dead. Uh, that was dramatic and it was disappointing, but it didn't make me mad. I felt like it was good storytelling. Um, let's see the fact that, um, um, uh, just tell me why you're mad, sir. Well, it's the time travel stuff. It's the, it's the halfway reset. It's the way, you know, they kind of, you're mad about the butterfly. I I don't like the butterfly. The butterfly makes me sad. I don't. I, All I, the feels, yeah, in my house about the butterfly. Well, which is Quentin. here's the Quentin thing: is I mean, the butterfly, or was you know what is Quentin the butterfly, or was Quentin always manipulating HRG? I don't think so. I don't think he was manipulating Noah. Maybe he was. Maybe he was. I don't think so though, because he wouldn't have reached out if he hadn't gone back in time. I, I think that is one. He's he is the butterfly, and I I don't like. I mean, I liked the character, and so I don't like it when people change characters on me this much. This is kind of a Ward type of thing. With Ward, there was I, I didn't mind because you know, as much as I liked Ward, this that made Ward more interesting, and and this takes away what I liked about the character. That stuff gets erased, and you know it's it's a whole different guy. Um, you know, he died and he's still dead. This is someone else. So, but same actor and, and all that. But yeah, I just. How yeah. about that ending? What about it? He, what is it? 7,000 so many years in the future? <laughs> yeah. That was kind of funny. I was like, uh, what? It, it did feel kind of random, just kind of out of nowhere. Um, But it was good to see her back. Uh, the, the uh, Katana girl. I was okay yeah. with seeing her back, but putting her that far in the future, it made it interesting. It does because are we in a future? Well, what future are we in? Are we in a future a where they future failed? gone wrong? Well, Clinton. is this a future where the heroes have failed, but then more time travel? I just, I don't like the halfway reset. I thought we were going to end up coming back. And I people, think they're in Logan's run now. It <laughs> could be could be so it just this episode didn't connect with me as much and i don't know if it was the whole thing with um what's his name the butterfly quentin quentin i i don't know if it was the whole thing with quentin just turned me turned me off and didn't let me connect as much and and then you have the whole thing with um oh zachary levi yeah and and his his wife and She's ugh. And, and crazy. She, she's crazy. And he is totally like, I went along with it for you. So 
viewers don't hate me as much, please. Because I was involved in serial killing, but I wasn't really the serial killer. I was just supporting my wife in her endeavors. You know, I mean... Yeah, he's not... He's the Matt Parkman of (laughs) Heroes Reborn and just not having a strong personality. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode, not as strong. Uh, And I liked it. I would say this is the worst of the season. I'd say it's not. Yeah. I know you would because you said it was really fantastic. I didn't say fantastic, but I really liked it. Again, it was nice to see Parkman back. It was nice to see Parkman actually doing something interesting. Yeah, I, I would like to see the turning point for him. Well, I don't think you're going to see it because we only got I, four well, episodes left. I say I'd like to see it. I really don't want to see it because... You know what we need? Comic book. Well, and there is, but it's not covering this. What's it, What does the director do when he goes home to the wife and kid? I don't know. A little mind reading, make sure she doesn't cheat again. <laughs> I just... Oh. I feel betrayed. Yeah, Yeah, but it's, I like what they did with Parkman. It's Quentin. It's Quentin. That's what bothered me. And that's good. I mean, they've elicited a reaction from me. High five, Tim Kring. You know what? I think we have a piece of feedback. We do. Let's play it right now. It comes from agent Hank Harwell. Hey guys, this is Hank Harwell. uh, And I just wanted to, uh, mentioned a couple of things that I was thinking about this morning. Uh, they're more related to the Heroes Reborn um, segment. But uh, just one thing I thought was interesting is that with all of the daddy issues in the first, I don't know, couple seasons of, uh, of Heroes, the original uh, Heroes, uh, with, you know, the Petrelli family, with uh, Noah and Claire, and with Siler and his father, and so on and so on and so on. Don't you think it's odd that We've not been shown or, or told who, who uh, Claire's children's father is. Maybe that's going to be a, a, a you know a, a big reveal towards the end of the series. But I think that's interesting that we've not been pointed out um, that uh, individual. Um, and again, daddy issues are still present even in Heroes Reborn with uh, with uh, um, Luke and uh, still with Noah and his. You know, relationship to Claire and so on and so on and so on. It's it's interesting. So I'll be inter- I'll be watching to see how they uh, resolve that. Also, here's a easy one. Which one is more awkward? Uh, past Noah talking to future Noah, or past Ben talking to future Ben? Discuss. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Second question is easy. Awkward Ben. What? Yeah, you and past Ben are totally awkward together. Well, I wonder if you and Jessica Jones, future Ben will become past Ben and Jessica Jones. I mean, mean, we're going to have to work on the relationship because, you know, you and I. Counseling? Well, you know, you and I, we podcast together. And it's, it's hard when you have a, a working relationship and then you try and inject new blood and new voices into that relationship. And, and so we did that. We added in two more 
hosts to our Daredevil coverage, past Daniel and past Ben. And yeah. It, yeah, I don't feel like past Daniel is really a thing. Oh, and, and I've got the answer to this second question. I know who the father of Claire's babies are. You do. I do. Who? Until someone tells me differently. <laughs> it's Micah. Micah. That we didn't talk about him, but that was a nice callback too. And we know we're going to see Micah. So is it the same actor? Yep. Uh, the picture I couldn't tell. Looking at the picture, yep. it's Ro- it's Noah Gray Gaby who's coming awesome. back. Awesome. Yeah. So it's Micah. All right. Now all we need is Micah's mom. Don't even get she me come started. Back? Don't even get me started. Okay, I won't. Yeah. In fact, instead of starting, I think we need to just end. What do you what do you say to that? Sounds good. All right. Hey. Talk to you later, man. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Next week is on for off? Uh, no, next week is off for us. Go oh, wait. it's off. Yeah. It's off like Donkey Kong. Yeah, so uh, Jessica Jones will be starting next week, but we will be talking about that episode after our mid-season finale for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And yeah, all right, going to shut this thing down.